We're all waking up to some pretty radical news about Kanye West running for presidency. I thought this was going to happen, to be honest, because he did announce this way back when in 2015. As you probably could have guessed by this moment, I have decided in 2020 to run for president. And remember at the time, everyone was like, whatever, mate. Like, mm. that's so not going to happen because, he, you know, he's gone AWOL. Uh, but, hey, apparently he is. It's 2020 and here we are. He did announce uh, via Twitter of all places that he was going to be running for president. Now, if I was in America, I'd be voting for him. How fun would that be? I think he's got my vote as well, but I don't know if I'm swayed by his music because I actually don't know a lot about his mm. policy. Uh, now, we have actually reached out to a friend of the show, uh, Rika. She actually hosts a breakfast radio show over in Washington. She joins us now. Good morning, Rika. Good morning, you two. <laughs> now, first and foremost, <laughs> how are Americans feeling about this announcement over the weekend? You know, it's so funny because I haven't even... I had one friend mention it. I don't think we're taking it seriously. I think Kanye, to us, you know, he has this lyric and he knows it's because he, we say it all the time. Like, I miss the old Kanye. I don't know. <laughs> Kanye got married into the Kardashian family and something happened to him. Um, and so we don't really take him seriously over here um at least not in my friend group so yeah i don't know i was like okay <laughs> but, like it, it moved me in no way now this is what everybody thought about donald trump though everyone was like there's no way he's gonna win mm -hmm. he's not a politician you know he's just a celebrity and he wants the power look what happened he's now the right. president do yeah. do you think yeah. kanye would actually have a chance you know, unfortunately, with Donald Trump winning, um, that means anybody in this country has a chance, um, especially if you're a celebrity. Um, you know, we call him celebrity in chief over here a lot. Uh, 45, I will never call him president. Um, so uh, I think it's just anybody has a chance. But if you're asking me why vote for him, absolutely not. For what? Well... I wanted to ask you about this on a more serious note because last time we spoke to you was surrounding the Black Lives Matter movement and it seems like at the moment America is really fighting for change. There's a lot of political unrest. There's a lot of questions that need answers. So I feel like when Americans go to the polls next, it's going to be with a different attitude. And as much as we're laughing yeah. about Kanye, do you think that he really could be someone that could make a positive difference in the country? <laughs> No, I just don't think we take him seriously. I, you know, unfortunately, and not to say that people with mental health issues can't, uh, you know, do a good job or whatever, but unfortunately, Kanye's actions are proving that he hasn't even figured that part out yet. He's sometimes on his meds, sometimes not. Like, you got to figure that out first. Mm -hmm. um, and then go from there. So I just think, we I don't know if you guys love the Kardashians, but we don't. America doesn't love them. <laughs> so Really? He married. Yeah, no. No. Well, um, I, not like people would think. Not enough, in my opinion, to get him elected. So oh, no. I love that you say that because Carly always brings up the Kardashians <laughs> in our What's Trending, and I hate it. I can't stand talking about them. Carly yeah. loves it. So that's so interesting yeah. that America hates him as well as us. <laughs> yeah, I, I, it may be a love-hate. I've literally never seen a full episode. Oh, I, mean, wow. I just don't, that doesn't, they don't attract me to them. Like, I just, yeah. 
you know, and everybody has the right to do what they want to do and live how they want to live, but mm. their lifestyle and who they portray to be is very fake to me. Um, and so I just, I don't even participate. So, and that's been since the beginning. From a and I'm like, if Jay-Z and Beyonce aren't friends with you anymore, then that means there's something going on. <laughs> From a, um, a conspiracy theory behind do- closed doors, I think Kanye would have a very good chance because he's so close to Donald Trump. Surely Donald mm-hmm. would tell all of his rich mates to say, hey, vote for Kanye because he will help you get richer like I've been doing. He'll help you. So get the votes going and get Kanye president and they could kind of well, be in the, his ear. Yeah, but here's the thing. If they're supposed to be friends, why would he be running in 2020? Donald Trump is... T- so we have two-term presidency here, right? So you're mm. going to be president if we vote you for eight years, not just four. So um, the fact that he's running against his quote-unquote friend is very interesting and yeah, I wonder what uh, Donald Trump will have to say about that, but uh, yeah. So right now, I don't think he would. I, I think Donald Trump wants his ego is is I want power. Mm. I, I want to be this dictator, and uh, to give that up, he's been having a whole lot of fun at the expense of us for a lot of four years. He, he's uh, for the past four years, so he's not gonna he's not gonna give that up just because they're quote unquote friends. It's so with all of this going on though. If we actually look at the facts, not just what. Kanye's put out there. Apparently, he's actually yet to officially register as an independent because it's not like he's going to be running with a party. They've already got their nominees. But apparently, he's missed the deadline to do so for numerous states. I'm not quite sure the ins and outs of American politics. I'm not sure how much you get involved Mm -hmm. in it. But do you think this late in the game that he could put himself as a serious contender? Uh, You know... Either way, some people do believe that, uh, you know, we do have a, a democracy, but we only have two parties usually, Democrats, Republicans. And so a lot of people would say, well, if Kanye, you know, sways a lot of people to vote for him and does get a, a lot of numbers, that'll take the numbers away from the Democrat who is running, who is Joe Biden, and so then Donald Trump will win anyway. Our system is jacked. Yeah, <laughs> uh, wow. So I don't know. I don't... Yeah. I don't want to say it's too late. I don't think it's too late, per se, for anybody, especially since uh, Kanye West already has a social capital. Like, we know who he is. He's a global superstar. Maybe somebody who was like me, who only my town knows me, <laughs> it would be too late. But for Kanye, no. And if he came with serious ideas and serious tactics and we knew he was serious and he wasn't acting all weird, um, maybe he could win. Maybe. Because um, we don't vote until November, not for that election. We have local elections here that happen in August. But, um, yeah, I just, I don't want to say it's too late. Anything can happen, you know? Dr. Carl, Dr. Carl, calling Dr. Carl, Dr. Carl, Dr. Carl. It's Monday, so we're calling you. Joining us on the phone right now, happy Monday, Dr. Carl. Good morning. Good morning. And good morning, Dr. Carl. You're Dr. Seamus. Good morning, Dr. Carl. Now, we've got a question for you. Yep. Over the weekend, we went out to Fitzroy Island and it was pretty choppy on the boat, and we had half the boat sick, and the other half didn't seem bothered by it. So Seamus and I wanted to get to the bottom of if seasickness is in your mind or not, or if there is even a cure. Because I took some ginger tablets, and I don't know if it's a placebo, but I certainly felt fine. Uh, ginger does work in the case of um, seasickness. It's one of the few cases where these alternative medicines actually have some degree of effectiveness. But the really good one is on Danzatron. We'll talk about that later. Now, the reason you get seasickness is that there's a mismatch between what your body is experiencing and what your eyes are seeing. And I'll give you an example. It's not just the balance centers in the middle ear. 
mismatching with what they see. But it's also, I've got to give you a big word here. You ready for it, guys? Mm-hmm. Here it comes. Proprioception. Proprioception. Okay, now do this experiment for me. What I want you to do is, is put your arm out to your side, right? Put your arm out way out to the side somewhere. Yep. Okay, now shut your eyes yep. and try and put your index finger, the tip of your index finger, on your nose with your eyes shut. Okay, try it. Give it a go, guys. Nailed yep. it. Did it? Yep. 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 So, you, in other words, you have proprioception is the sensation of knowing where all your body parts are at the same time. Ooh. Okay. Right? Yeah. And this comes into seasickness. So suppose I get a long, skinny room and I sit you down in this long, skinny, dark room and way, way down at the end, there is a light shining. And I say, okay, Seamus, just lift your hand up and point at the light. And mm-hmm. So you're pointing at the light. It's a long, dark room. And then I come up dressed in black and then I gently grab your arm mm-hmm. and I move it in a way that your finger describes a clockwise circle around the light. Mm-hmm. And then your eyes will see the light going anti-clockwise. Whoa. So I literally... Whoa, whoa. Yeah, you're messing with yeah, your own brain. That, yeah, so, so that proprioception is yet another thing that's interfered with when you're being seasick because you you might not you might think, oh, it's only my eyes, but you're not quite sure where your fingers and your toes and your knees and your elbow are, and this is part of the overall seasickness. We don't know why some people get it, other people don't. I usually get terribly seasick. And then the first time I went to Antarctica, I discovered that somehow in the intervening years, I become totally immune. And on, we were going through a Force 9 go. It wasn't Force 10, but at least it was Force 9. And out of the 100 people on the ship, I was one of the five guests that did not get seasick. Wow. Well, I've, all, I've never been seasick, and I've always been of the mindset that it's in your head, and if you fight it mentally, you'll be fine. Is this right? Mate. No. It's like, it's like having a baby, right? It's right. like having a baby, and the first baby uh, goes to sleep at 6 o'clock at night and then wakes up at 7 o'clock in the morning, and you think, God, am I the best parent on earth? Right. And the second one does anything at once, and you're driving around at 3 o'clock in the morning trying to keep awake. What, what, put her to sleep. What went wrong? Mate, you've got no idea. You have no control. We don't know why. But uh, we do know that besides ginger, good on you, Dr. Carly, the drug called Ondansetron works fairly well. And you can buy it over the counter in Singapore Airport, but in Australia, you've got to get a doctor's script for it. Oh, does it give you some sort of effect? It, it protects you. And so I was on one trip to the Antarctic, and then instead of the when a big storm came, instead of the normal five people out of 100 mm. not being seasick, there are about 20. The oh. answer was obvious, man. They were holding drugs, man. <laughs> now bring in the high horse, please, Barry. <laughs> I need to get on it. I very rarely get on my high horse, Carly, but I saw this article over the weekend uh, about Mia Khalifa, who is a 27-year-old adult film star, yeah. and she has come out and she wants all of her movies, all of her adult films that she produced and made or whatever that she starred in, she wants them taken off. And she wants them taken down. So they've started a big petition. Sign the petition. Get rid of her videos online. Mm. Because she's come out and said that the industry is extremely toxic. Now, I have said openly many times on this show, I do not watch porn. And I think it is incredibly uh, damaging to people. And the reason I'm getting on my high horse is because if you're listening now, and if you're watching it, I mean, you shouldn't take advice from me because I'm just an idiot 30-year-old, right? But I think it's really, really wrong, really damaging and destroys your sex life. 
It's interesting you say this, though, when you say you shouldn't take advice from some 30-year-old male. Yeah. That's exactly who you should take advice from on this because you are in that category where men become addicted to porn. Hugely. And uh, I remember I first stumbled across porn when I was maybe seven. It was a, it was a CD. Seven? Yeah, really young because I have older brothers and I was just going, I don't know, I was searching through the study and I found a CD that said XXX Movies. And I was yep. like, oh, great, this is illegal movies that have been downloaded. Vin I'm, Diesel's going to be yeah, in this. I'm going to watch The Matrix, wow. And I put it in, all of a sudden, hundreds of videos, I felt I found gold. It was amazing. Mm. So I watched every single one of them. And my mum came downstairs and I had no idea what to, I was like, ah! Mum's going to walk in. Mum's going to walk in. So I just pulled the computer out from the wall, just turn it off. She walked in and said, Seamus, what's wrong? Looks like you've seen a ghost. <laughs> I was so white, I thought I, I thought I was doing the wrong thing. I said, I just feel sick. But from that day on, from about seven years of age, I had discovered this world of porn. And I have stopped watching porn. I haven't watched it in a very long time. Uh, I haven't watched it in years because... I felt it had actually damaged, one, my sex life, and two, the way I actually view women. So when did you realise it was a problem? Well, obviously, as you know, I have a very addictive personality, yeah. right? And I would, I would genuinely, this is how bad it got at one point, I would, at work, I wasn't this workplace, but at, at another workplace, I would sneak into the toilet and I would watch it for five minutes and then go back to work. Before the gym, I'd watch it before the gym. Any little, any little ten-minute gap I got, I'd start watching it. Even when, really? when I was at school, I would film it on one of the first camera phones, and then I would, when I'd got kicked out of class, I'd go and watch it in the bathroom. Yeah, that's a full-blown addiction, isn't it? Yeah, but it was, and I've, I've researched what porn actually does to your brain, and it highlights a, a brings out a certain part of dopamine, and so you get an endorphin rush from it, right? Yeah, but is it always a sexual thing? I don't know. But it definitely, it, height, it heightens an endorphin. Yeah. And it, and it gives you dopamine when you watch it, right? It makes you feel better. And that was the feeling I was addicted to. However, what I found is the way I viewed and looked at women, I wasn't looking at them like a normal human. I would completely objectify them and I mm. would undress them with my eyes and I thought everyone was an object. And I remember thinking, that's not right. You can't be looking at people like that. For example... You know, you'd start. You'd go to the bank and you'd start running through scenarios, pornographic scenarios yeah. in your head. And I was like, "That's that's really damaging." And then in the bedroom, nothing was satisfying enough because you were trying to recreate what you were trying to watch and what you were uh, uh, liking on the videos. It's so interesting that you were self-aware enough to actually check yourself on this because mm. there's so many men out there and probably in particular men that are listening to this right now that A, probably haven't come to terms with this themselves and B, are probably so embarrassed that they would never feel comfortable opening up to other mm. people about this because porn, even from, you know, when we're younger, we're always told it's like a hush-hush mm. behind closed doors, you don't talk about it thing. But I guess... When you first started to realise that this is a real thing and you had to wean yourself off it, did you talk to your mates about this and see if they had similar things or were you too embarrassed? I wasn't embarrassed. I just remember thinking I should probably stop watching this because I noticed the damage it was doing and it was obsessive. Like like I would go home because I was doing breakfast radio at the time, but before here, I would go home at midday 
and I'd watch it for six hours. Six hours? Yeah. Like, I would comfortably lay in bed, have the TV going, I would be the only one at home, and I would watch it back to back, hours and hours on end. That is a lot of horrible storylines. <laughs> But listen, I want to I wanna get off the high horse in just a moment. But if you have young kids, because remember, I was seven when I stumbled across this. So you might be thinking, oh, no, my son won't. won't. He's yeah. got years before he discovers but that. Also, women as well. Yeah, I can't talk for women. Because yeah. in my mind, women don't watch it, right? It's only a male thing. But if you have a young boy, a young daughter, whatever, I highly encourage talking to them and listening to me as someone who has had to say no to it and mm. get rid of it because it was damaging, talk to them and say, you shouldn't watch it and here's why. And it's a, My mum tried to say it to me years ago. She said, Seamus, it's not healthy. It makes you look at objectify women and you shouldn't look at them like that. But I didn't understand yeah. until I actually had to go through it mm. and realise, holy crap, my mum was right. So hang on a sec. Barry, hang on. Thanks, buddy. Out of the studio. Thanks, mate. 